0: Hello everyone. My name is Eric Jones, better known as the Turf Teacher. Welcome to the podcast entitled Turf and Landscape Irrigation Best Management Practices. Now, these best management practices are published by the North Carolina Irrigation Contractors Licensing Board, and you may download a copy of these best management practices at the board's website at www.nciclb.org. Now, I highly recommend that you print a copy of the best management practices off. Print several copies. Guys, I keep a copy in my personal vehicle that I work out of. There's one in our irrigation install cruise truck. There's one in our irrigation repair truck. There's copies in our office. There's copies in the design studio. These best management practices are readily available. Now, I know a lot of you guys are tech savvy and you may have them downloaded to your iPad or to Uh, A tablet and that's perfectly okay too. I like a printed copy that I can take a highlighter, highlight what I think is important get a red pen, underline what I think is even more important, and actually make some notes on it. And when I read these best management practices, it was a good refresher, and I need to read these more often. And so what I wanted to do was put a podcast together that you guys can hit play in the truck, on your phone. This podcast is going to be available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere there is a podcast hosting site, you will be able to get access to this. So I make it readily available for you guys. Now, I know we're all busy, and so that's why I wanted to uh, to do this uh, quick overview of the best management practices. And what we're going to do is read it in its entirety, and we're going to start with the purpose. The purpose of this document is to present irrigation best management practices for turf and landscape. These BMPs are a supplement to the information found in the adopted rules or minimum standards. I highly recommend printing off a copy of the, uh, the minimum standards too, guys. They support the design, installation, maintenance, and management of turf and landscape irrigation systems in ways that further save water and protect water quality and better serve the citizens of North Carolina guys, once again, we protect the health, welfare, and safety of the general public. This is the purpose. We're reading that right now. These BMPs are recommendations, not rules. Contractors are asked to consider these recommendations in all phases of their work. These BMPs are in no way intended to supersede the published rules governing irrigation contracting or any local or state laws or ordinances or any manufacturer's recommendations for installation and maintenance. These BMPs will be reviewed, evaluated, and updated periodically by the board, and all comments and suggestions are welcomed by the board. And so there we have the purpose, guys. Again, protect water quality, save water, and protect the health, welfare, and safety of the general public. That is our purpose of these best management practices. Now, What is a best management practice? A best management practice is a recommended irrigation practice that is intended to reduce water usage and protect water quality. A BMP is economical, practical, and sustainable and maintains a healthy, functional landscape without exceeding the water requirements of the landscape. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's what the best management practice is. And when I see this, and when I especially... Read that last sentence. A functional landscape without exceeding the water requirements of the landscape. How many times do we drive by a commercial site, a residential site, it's pouring down rain, and we see the irrigation system running? One of my biggest pet peeves, ladies and gentlemen, is that we see it all the time. See it all the time. We're wasting water when we do not need to. Now, let's move on to irrigation design, one of my favorite things to do, and see section 0.0400 of the adopted rules for minimum standards for irrigation design. And it starts off saying that all irrigation systems do not utilize all elements outlined herein. Consider only those items pertinent to the Pacific design. It is thoroughly acknowledged that each site poses its own set of conditions and constraints in regards to irrigation design and installation. The irrigation design must take into account and the designer installer must use their best judgment in applying these standards with the intent of compliance or whenever possible practical. That is what we are seeing in point zero 400 of the adopted rules now guys we're going to talk about plan standards now this is when we're actually going to draw an irrigation plan or we are going to draw a record drawing for our clients and the board has stated that we need plan standards we need to provide a plan to the following standards a the graphic standards 1a states Accurately portray the site. Show all pertinent site information. Well, guys, where are we going to get this information from? Well, for one, we can ask the client. We get that phone call. We're sitting in our office, and somebody wants an irrigation system put in, and we're going to design it, build it for them, install it for them. We need to ask them, hey, well, Mr. Smith, do you have a copy of your site survey? When did you purchase your home? How long have you been there? Do you have a copy of that survey? Here in Winston-Salem, and for Forsyth County uh, every time a home was purchased years ago there was always a site survey conducted and then the banks stopped requiring that I, I think that was a mistake on their behalf but uh, if I was going to loan somebody money to buy a piece of property I would want to know exactly where that property started and ended and the boundaries uh, of that property so Um, back in the day it was easy to get a site survey because the clients had it now if they've been there a while they're probably going to have a copy Um, but if it's a new house it's not it's not going to be there the bank doesn't require it so where can you get this information from well if it is a brand brand new house still being built you know the um, owners um, give you a call You know, they're they're still finishing up the house. You could probably drive by the the site, and within the job site box uh, would be a copy of the site survey. Take a picture of it you've uh, seen my youtube videos explaining how to draw a property line from a site survey it's real quick real simple guys Uh, if you if you need help on that just check out my youtube page i've got some videos up there showing you how to do that but you take a picture of the site survey and you go back to the office and you draw it up uh, to scale well if there's not a job site box where else can i get this information call the city Call the municipality that you're working in. They may have um, copies or plat maps of the uh, the property that's. Uh that's going on if it is a new subdivision they are going to have a copy of it even if it's an older subdivision because there was no job site box there the house been there 20 years they still may have a record survey or a site plan for that property all you got to do is call and ask yeah they may charge you three or four dollars to get a copy but you know what that saves you a lot of time and a lot of headache. so so give them a call well you call them let's say they don't have one where else can i get some of this information well the um the municipality may have a gis website you know that's um using uh, a software program that may have an aerial map that'll have the property lines marked you can give that a try all you got to do is google the county that you're in like you know we would google Forsyth county gis or city of winston gis and it'll take us to that page we enter the address and a overhead view uh, will come up with it if it's a brand new property they may not have the house on it yet but they could uh, definitely have the uh, the property lines and easements and things like that that you would want well let's say that you're in more of a rural county area that doesn't have that well Hopefully you could go to Google Maps and pull the information that you need uh, within Google Maps. We actually do an exercise here at the school where our students actually use Google Maps and draw a site survey from that. So guys, the information's there. We may just have to uh, dig for it a little bit. Now uh, A2 states that the plan must be legible. Guys, you need to to draw it where people can read it you don't want it to be messy or anything like that draw it in a clean environment i know we're outside working and stuff you don't want to get um, you know dirt stains grass stains or anything like that uh, on it so so make sure you can draw the plan up in a clean environment and that it's illegible for your clients it needs to be reproducible why does it need to be reproducible well just like we said hey guys Uh, It's hard to find copies of things when you need it. So make sure that the drawing is reproducible. I know, uh, uh, you know, Kinko's, FedEx, anything like that, the UPS store, they can all copy these larger plans that we're drawing. So that's one way to do it. It's not like the old days where we drew on mylar or vellum and and actually took and got prints. These drawings can be photocopied now. needs to be drawn to scale we need to figure out what scale we're going to draw it at. Typically within the landscape and irrigation uh, design side I'm seeing plans drawn at one inch equals 10 feet, one inch equals 20 feet. Occasionally I will see one inch equals 30 if it is a large commercial site. I've also seen one eighth of an inch equals a foot and I've seen one quarter of an inch equal a foot. So those are probably our most popular scales that we use in irrigation and landscape design, it would be uh, one inch equals 10, one inch equals 20, uh, one eighth equals a foot, and one quarter equals a foot. And so uh, to tell you a little joke about that, when I first got out of uh, landscape architecture school, I was actually installing a landscape the uh, irrigation system uh, with my parents and I said dad let me go get the scales let's scale this thing off he says I don't need a scale you know it's it's quarter inch equals foot I've got my tape measure and I didn't think about it but he was 100% right he scaled the entire plan and measured off where things needed to go using uh, a tape measure because it was quarter inch equals foot We also need to have our contractor seal. Hopefully you guys have your irrigation contractor seal. You can get those from the board as well. Also, this drawing needs to contain uh, the contractor or designer's name, address, and phone number. And guys, you need to have a way to get in touch with it. We have a client now that we're working with, and unfortunately, the uh, irrigation company, it was a uh, one-person show. Uh, The individual passed away. The, the spouse basically shut down the entire company or anything, disconnected the phone. We really need to talk to the installer because, guess what? There was no record drawing, there was nothing. And what we we're trying to do is to get her system up and running. And there was a main cutoff for it that we could not find. And uh, we're still, um, you know, working with the, the client to, to see what she wants to do, if she wants, uh, you know, which direction she wants to go. We're going to leave that up to her. But we need to have the client's name the project name and the date of the plan and all revisions needs to be on that irrigation design now b your plan components you need to have site-specific information where's north arrow you need to go out there and find that out that's going to be on us on a survey if you have a survey if not use your compass app on your phone to find it topography or key elevations where pertinent now Not all surveys are going to contain the topo line, guys, but you could be able to get that from a GIS uh, website, or you may have to go out and shoot some grade elevations um, with your your transit. So there's nothing wrong with doing that. Uh, The scale, we need to have the scale, what we're drawing it in, whether it's one of the four that I just previously mentioned. We need to have the property lines and the easements. We need to have all constructed site elements we need to know where the utilities are so go ahead and call uh you know uh, ULoco or 811 um, get those lines marked and actually draw those on the plan as well and you need to have a planting plan what trees and shrubs are planted on the site and how that's going to affect your irrigation design existing trees uh, and then make sure the canopies are to scale now what I've seen in some of these smaller lots that may have a larger tree, you know, the tree canopy may extend over into the neighbor's property. You know, you may just want to, um, you know, mark that with a, uh, you know, a center dot and just say, you know, 60 foot white oak or whatever, whatever it is. You don't want to draw that 60 foot circle. It would cover up the, uh, the entire plan. Um, next with the plan components is the water source information. What is the point of connection? Is it a well, pump, or is it a municipal system? We need to put that on the plan. Uh, B, 2B, the type of connection. Is it a split tap water meter? Is it a standalone water meter? Is it a well, pond, cistern? And please note that a split tap is created when an existing tap to a domestic meter is split to service a second meter for irrigation use we need to mark that on the plan and type it up and put it in notes now guys i know a lot of you are thinking well how do i put all this information in there guys i highly recommend practicing your architectural lettering remember it needs to be legible people need to be able to read it it needs to be done in ink so it is reproducible if you draw it in pencil on graph paper it may not photocopy the way you want it to i prefer ink on vellum or if you get good and want to do it in cad that's even better, guys. That is highly reproducible, and it's easily saved as a PDF that you can mail it to your clients or mail it to the city or whoever needs to have a copy of the uh, the irrigation plan. Three, the power source information and location. Four, the irrigation system components. Note the manufacturer, model number, we out uh, Allowable by law and then show all pertinent items listed here that I'm getting ready to talk about. Size the items where appropriate. So for A, we need a backflow prevention device. B, we need a master valve. C, we need a pressure regulation device. C, we need to have the main line and it's going to be dashed. That's one thing that guys I overlook sometimes our main lines need to be dashed and our lateral lines, which is F, need to be solid lines. Now, can you do it in color? Possibly, yeah, if that's easier for you, but make sure the main line is dashed and that the lateral lines are solid. G, note the pipe size and locations where pipe size change. We learned that at school of landscape architecture you know sizing the pipe and we'd always note that when we when we hand drew these plans where the pipe size has changed H control wire routing if not along the main line I an isolation valve location J Are quick couplers hydrants or other points of connection K thrust blocking where appropriate L the station zone valve location M, our sprinkler head locations, N, our controller locations, O, our controller sensors, meaning a rain switch, a soil moisture sensor, flow sensors, sleeves is P, and then Q, special trenching areas, which is hand trenched or direct bore. Sometimes we are going to have to bore, guys, if we underneath the sidewalk or underneath the driveway, that's going to happen and we need to note that. Q, special trenching areas such as a hands trench or a direct bore. And then R, if the system has a two-wire control system, the decoder number and valve code and descriptions needs to be on the plan. Five, our design information. And this is A through I, so starting with A, our estimated gallons per minute at the point of connection. B our static pressure at the point of connection C our design criteria pressure and volume D our pipe type and sizing E backflow prevention device and type of enclosure F the control wire type and sizing G the valve enclosure types and sizes H is hydrozone information which will be the zone number and valve size the estimated pressure the estimated gallons per minute, the estimated precipitation rate, and the sprinkler type. I is our special design considerations. Six, the installation information. Starts out with A, construction details. This is how it is built, guys. These are details showing us how to install it. But we're going to have our sprinkler swing joint assembly, our backflow prevention device and enclosure, The sleeving, you need to note where all the sleevings are, your isolation valves, your valve configuration, thrust blocking on ring and gasket pipe, grounding, which is our ground rod and ground plate location, lightning protection, controller installation, ditch cross section showing the pipe and wire. B is our construction notes, C is reference to locating and protecting underground utilities and improvements d specifications is not presented elsewhere and e special construction techniques that are required now we're going to move into section two of the best management practices section point zero three hundred of the adopted rules for minimum standards for record drawings provide the plan to scale include locations and product information regarding the lateral piping and sprinklers now you guys get a set of plans that requires the irrigation the irrigation designer has given you the plans you still need to do that record drawing you can take the original plan and And mark it up if you had to move some of the things just based on soil conditions, um, new site elements that were built that the piping couldn't go through or whatever. There's things that's going to come up all the time. You can note that on the original. Nothing wrong with that. 3. Our design standards. See section point 0400 of the adopted rules for minimum standards for design standards. Part A of this is to ensure that the irrigation system is designed to efficiently and uniformly distribute the water to conserve and protect water resources and to function well as a component of the overall landscape. The irrigation designer shall do one of the these nine things that we're getting ready to talk about and the first one being provide a complete irrigation design package to the owner of the system including to scale drawings details and product data and we've just talked about that in depth guys on how we can find the information to do that two is our piping we need to apply the following best management practices of maximum safe flow rate for your municipal water suppliers with the lowest safe flow rate prevailing as the design guideline. Part A of this, for main lines over 2.5 inches, utilize the bell and gasket piping. B, include blocking details and locations when straight main line runs exceed 500 feet three always recommend the use of a reduced pressure zone backflow prevention device four consider the use of a solenoid controlled master valve to prevent excessive water loss from a pipe burst or a defective solenoid five when possible and available specify a mastering device that measures the total landscape water use separate from other use Six, for zones with drip micro irrigation, part G of this is to use flush valves to flush the laterals after completion of the irrigation cycle. Seven, select components and design zones to achieve a minimum operational lower quarter distribution in the range of A, spray lower lower quarter distribution uniformity at 55%, rotor lower quarter distribution, uh, uniformity at 70% and then C drip micro irrigation emission uniformity of 80% a eight, uh, in regions where a landscape water allowance applies include an estimate of the future monthly landscape water allowance based on historical reference ET, the landscape area and the landscape water adjustment factor provided by the purveyor or water provider. 9. Recommend the following water conserving concepts and equipment where appropriate and economically justified. A of this is to use an alternative non-potable water source such as rainwater where practical and allowed by law. Special management practices and components may be required when using alternative water sources and b install water conserving devices such as freeze and or wind sensors to suspend irrigation during weather conditions that are unfavorable for irrigation environmental sensors that can actively measure weather conditions to determine daily plant water needs Soil moisture sensors to monitor soil moisture and suspend irrigation if the moisture reserve in the root zone is significantly above the allowable depletion limit. C. To simplify manual reading of the total landscape irrigation water use, a water meter with an electronic output signal that supports a remote display mounted at the controller. And D, for automated management of the landscape irrigation water use, a landscape irrigation meter with an electronic flow rate output signal that is compatible with the controller. This allows the controller to measure and control the amount of water use as well as to indicate leaks or broken pipes or sprinklers. C, for larger sites where significant potential water savings may result, specify a controller that allows for flexible irrigation scheduling and advanced water management features. And these features may include incorporating current real-time or daily evapotranspiration et data water budgeting and soil moisture monitoring f specify a separate common wire from the controller to each hydrozone station valve to allow for sensor-based control of each hydrozone and g provide a high flow sensor to warn of pipe burst or faulty valves now with irrigation system installation see section 0.0500 of the adopted rules for minimum standards for system installation water supply use a master valve on all systems with a pressurized water source to minimize water waste trenching and piping if serious damage could result consider boring as a less invasive procedure sprinklers It is best for the sprinklers to operate at the mid-range of pressures listed in the manufacturers literature. Owner's manual, it is recommended that the contractor perform a final walkthrough with the irrigation systems owner or the owner's representative to explain the operation of the system, show the working system, and to have the owner or the owner's representative accept the system. Now what you're probably going to note is that once you show them how to use the irrigation system Uh, You're going to have some gurus that want to uh, actually play with the controller. Um, The man of the house always wants to go out and reset the controller. He's just spent a great deal of money. He wants to go out and play with something uh, electronically. So guys, uh, you probably need to really show them what... Uh, the controller does and tell them not to actually mess with any of the times or anything or if they want to change the times they need to have uh, one of your guys come by and set that form now irrigation system management for water efficiency standards please see section point 0600 of the adopted rules for system management make written notes of repairs so that a history profile can be developed to prioritize future improvements to the system and provide copies to owners or owner representative. Employ a certified landscape irrigation auditor at least once every two years to conduct a thorough and comprehensive check for efficiency of water application. (coughs) Differences in the irrigation system's required design, operating pressure, and actual water pressure can affect efficiency. Install pressure-reducing valves or PRVs where needed and pressure-regulating control devices on individual sprinklers to stop misting due to excessive pressure. Verify that pressure regulators are adjusted for desired operating pressure, and whenever possible, irrigation scheduling should be incorporated. um, The use of evapotranspiration data or soil moisture measurements coupled with rainfall data. Now, guys that is our best management practices we just read it and we went over it like i said again please download a copy keep one in your vehicle keep some in your office and read these time you know from time to time you know i, I think i've read this thing probably 10 times in the last 2 weeks but i i I just want to know this information same thing with our adopted rules. So guys, I appreciate it. I hope this podcast has been helpful and I'll I'll see you in the next one. Thank you.